Thank you. Okay, so we do not have uh, a PowerPoint this morning. But I did, when asked, come up with a sermon title. And the sermon title is, How Big Is Your God? Now, here we are in, uh, what, the week before Christmas, in the midst of Advent. We're getting ready to celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ to earth as a baby, as a human. So, as we are rightfully in that mode, I want us for a moment to consider, which is how big is God? This little baby. He's God. There is nothing missing in this little infant child that we're going to celebrate his birth on um, next Sunday. Nothing missing. None of the attributes of God that we intellectually can kind of think about. And by the way, We talked a little bit about this in Sunday school. But if you were trying to describe to God the attributes of God to an 8-year-old, to a 5-year-old, could you do it? How, How could you describe the attributes of God to a youngster? What words would have to be in this list. Now, be, be aware. I, and I, 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 I'm going to struggle with this as well. Because as we think of God is love, God is good, God is uh, um, caring. God, I mean, you, there are not enough words in the English language to fully describe God. But some of the words that would have to be in our list as we try to describe God to a, to a youngster. Well, he's loving, he is holy, he's kind, he's compassionate, he's infinite, and he's eternal. Now, eight-year-old isn't going to understand what eternal means, but, but the point is, as we struggle with words sometimes, if it's not clear to us, How can we accurately describe or try to describe the characteristics of God to someone else? So how big is your God? And why is it important for us as believers to truly see God as he really is? And... What I want to do, our our sermon text is going to be Psalm 139. And in a moment, I'll ask Betsy to to put that up, but not just yet. But first first of all, I want want us to look at Romans 11, verse 33. And in Romans 11, verse 33... As we begin our personal search on how to describe God, how to think of the the wisdom of God, the infinite sea of God, 
I want to share Romans 11.33, and we'll read that together. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. Unfathomable in my translation. Uh, I can't say I double-checked to see what the... Uh, some of the, what the King James would have. But unfathomable. Point is, within our humanness, we are inadequate to fully comprehend the full nature of God. God is so much more, so much other, than the best adjectives that we can describe. Yes, he is all-loving. But within the limitations that we have as humans, he's so much more. Now, as we, as I preface this with, under, or, you know, how would you describe the attributes of God to a child? How would you describe your, yourself? Or what words would you use to describe God to yourself? So the point is, he is so much bigger. He is so much more. He is so much other than anything that we can imagine. As an illustration, and I don't know if I shared this with you before, on my bucket list, everybody knows what a bucket list is, right? I want to see the sequoias in the redwoods out in California. I've seen pictures. I have heard of other people that have seen them. But my expectation is that there is no description, there is no photograph, there is nothing that can adequately describe. Wow. That is how we need to consider and view God as well. The best that we can think of is inadequate when we get to be in his very presence. So, in Psalm 139... Well, no, before I even do that, why is it important? Why is it important to really even understand that God is so much more than the best that we can imagine? Because as we each have a life experience, or experiences, we get glimpses. We get glimpses of his majesty. We get glimpses of his goodness. We get glimpses of his healing. We get glimpses of this and we get glimpses of that. And that will, or certainly should, progressively impact our attitude, our understanding, and our relationship with him as we become more and more aware of just who he really is. And the reason I'm kind of bringing this all up here today is because, you know, what's your view of God? How big is he? Left to ourselves, without the accountability, well, of assembling together, of, of being diligent and being in the scriptures, left to ourselves, we tend to try to reduce God or diminish God. Let me explain. As uh, 
We try to put him into terms that are manageable for us. And I'm, I, I am saying this as kindly and as politely as I can. Uh, who knows that God is with us? Raise your hand if you know that God is with us. Yep. <clears throat> Why do we pray God be with us? When we know, and we're going to see here in Psalms, God is, there's three big adult words that we often use to describe some of the characteristics of God. God is omniscient, God is omnipresent, and God is omnipotent. Meaning he knows all, he's all-powerful, and he's everywhere. All at the same time, all equal. Left to ourselves, oftentimes we tend to uh, maybe, maybe diminish God or kind of keep him in a box, so to speak, in that... Uh, we tend to think of him as like a genie in a bottle. Whenever the times are tough. Whenever something really isn't going our way. Now, I'm not saying that that's wrong, but it is not complete. Because we're rubbing that bottle. Because, Lord, we need something now, or we think maybe of God as, say, like a cosmic Santa Claus. But that shrinks him. That reduces him. Because what we don't know is whatever them, circum- them tough times, who, who knows when the blessings of God are manifested in the times when our tears are flowing the high, high, hardest. And it's without the, or without those tough times, perhaps we would not get the blessing of drawn, being drawn especially close or near to God. There's not a one of us here that wants to be uncomfortable. There's not a one of us here that wants to endure pain or suffering or hardship. I get it, and so does God. But let's not shrink him. Let's not have him in a box. And for goodness sakes, as we go through here today, let's not just make our box bigger. We serve the one who's created this universe. And God is not like us in any way. He never gets tired. He never gets weary. And he understands everything. He's omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. He is not like us. So... I want to turn, or invite you to turn to Psalm 139. David here is providing, uh, well, inspired by God, David is providing us a description of God's omniscience and his omnipresence and his omnipotence. Verses 1 through 6. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou dost know when I sit down and when I rise up. By the way, let me stop here and interrupt myself. If you're ever having a bad day, 
And by the way, we all get bad days, we get bad months, we get bad seasons. As we go through this, or as you read this on your own, Psalm 139, I'm going to invite you to insert your name any place where there is the pronoun I, me, I or me. Because this is written for you. This is written for me. This is written for us, for our benefit. I'm going to start over. Verse 1. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou dost know when I sit down and when I rise up. Thou dost understand my thought from afar. Thou dost scrutinize my path and my lying down, and art intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, thou dost know it all. Thou hast enclosed me behind and before, and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. Here David is bringing out or pointing out that this supernatural, all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere God wants to be close to you and close to me. He knows me. God is not some like cosmic force that he's too busy somewhere else. This world is in chaos, right? Seems to be anyway. This world situation that we're in now and have been in the past and will be until Christ comes again, it's not too complicated for God. My problems, your problems, my circumstances, your circumstances are... He's concerned. He's intimate. He's not just this force, this omniscient force that just... Yeah, he is everywhere... He's in Europe, he's in Asia, intellectually we get it, but he's here. So, there is an accurate understanding that when we rub that genie bottle, yeah, he, he is there and he wants to be there with us, but that is a small part of what he truly is. David brings out that he knows you. And he knows me. He knows our thought. He knows what you are thinking right now. He knows what you are thinking ten minutes from now. Or will be thinking. He knows there, there is nothing that he doesn't know. He is intimately acquainted with all my ways. The next several verses. Seven through... Uh, 7 through 12. Where can I go from thy spirit? Or where can I flee from thy presence? If I ascend to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there thy hand will lead me, and thy right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to thee, and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to thee. 
He knows it all. He is all-powerful. He is actively engaged at directing our footsteps. Um, I'll reread uh, verse 10. No, excuse me. If I ascend to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there, thy hand will lead me. He is every day, every moment of every day, actively engaged in directing our lives. Now, as intellectually we talk, or I talked about omniscience, omnipresence, and omnipotence, the question I want us to ask and answer ourselves, along with the question, how big is your God? Do we really believe that? Do we? And the reason I say is, and I do it and I know everyone else, there are times when, wow, God, where are you? Wow, God, can't you see that there's really a big problem down here? Why aren't you straightening this out? The problem becomes, or we become the problem, in that we... We think maybe that things are too big for God, or God, where are you? How comes you're not here like right now? And fix this quick, please. Balancing God's personhood, as David did here initially, balancing his personhood as well as with all of his otherness is where we often get things mixed up or incomplete if we truly believe God is omniscient if we truly believe God is omnipresent if we truly believe God is omnipotent would we act differently Would we respond differently? Would we live each day a little bit different? So, here's what I want you to remember. God never will love you any less than what he loves you right now. God will never have anything less for you that he does right now. We are never alone. Matter of fact, his character demands that he's always with us. He can do, as far as his power, he can do anything, and he has done anything with his words. He created this universe. Do we really believe that? Okay, yeah. So is anything too tough for God? Huh? You think he invented cell service? No, no. The, the night that he lost your keys. We were going down oh, the I lost my phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he can, he can do anything as easily as anything else. 
And I want to I want to describe or have us look at creation for just a little bit, just to reinforce things that we maybe just take for granted or hadn't really hadn't really considered of before. And and all of this is going to hopefully just help to elevate our opinion of God, to think of Him on a higher level than perhaps we ever even had thought about Him before, because we are limited within our human capabilities. By the way, you will never learn any more about God by listening to somebody else. You will never learn about God by reading other than the scriptures. God will reveal to you when you seek, when you genuinely seek him. He will reveal in its proper time. I can't do it for you. You got to do it for yourself as far as seeking him. But as far as the... Uh, the, the concept of understanding his, his uh, omnipotence through creation. And we're, we're familiar with Genesis. But, I've not double-checked these facts that I'm going to share with you. So you can double-check them, and if they're wrong, all I'm doing is repeating them. But, it makes a point, so just bear with me. This earth, this globe, weighs over six sectillion tons. I never even heard that word before. That is the number six with 21 zeros after it. Tons. It is in rotation at 1,000 miles an hour. That's 25,000 miles a day. Nine million miles a year. And its orbit is traveling at a speed, orbit around the sun, orbit of 19 miles a second, which translates into 1,140 miles per hour. That's more than 600 million miles a year. And it's in perfect balance with nine other planets in this solar system that are doing a similar type of an orbit. Now, the sun is understood to be or recognized or categorized as being only one orb, O-R-B. That's another word for a light-producing entity like the sun. Apparently, there's over 100 billion orbs in our Milky Way galaxy. I'm not a scientist. I'm not an astronomer. Some of you have probably heard about the Milky Way. I know I have. But as I was getting the, this information, it's like, wow. Okay, so the sun is only one of a hundred billion. And the stars. If you would hold a dime at arm's length in the evening, dark, well I shouldn't say evening, night. And if your eye was physically capable of having telescopic magnification, the circumference of that dime as you hold it arm's length would cover 15 billion stars from your sight. How vast is this creation? How vast is this universe? But with the creation of the earth and the sun and the planets, mankind is 
God says. It's the crowning glory of, of his, it's his masterpiece, his creative genius. Now, you or I, if our senses were all operational and in good order, on the tips of your fingers, you can detect or feel pressure on as little as four one hundred thousandths of an inch surface measure. That's pretty small. And I'm talking about, just think of the thing, you know, our bodies and how things do work, or at least when we were younger, how they used to work. And I can see a single candle flame on a clear dark night 30 miles. Sense of smell can detect one drop of perfume with over or diffused or dis- distributed within a three bedroom apartment. I bet she could do that. She has a good sense of smell. Taste. The human supposedly has the capability of detecting four one hundredths of an ounce of salt within a hundred and thirty two gallons of water. These are my numbers. I'm repeating them. Point is, even if those numbers aren't exactly right on, it's pretty impressive. This is this is you. This is me. This is the creation. This is the one who has, um, uh, and we as creation are worshiping the, uh, the creator. But it's just mind-boggling. Your eyeball can distinguish over 300,000 different color variations. Okay, maybe it's only 200,000. Still a lot. Your ears, your hearing, can gauge the direction of a sound or of a sound's origin based on three one-hundred-thousandths of a second interval between the time it goes, that sound enters one ear compared to the other. In other words, as you or I hear sounds, you know, you, you have a sense of where it came from. That's how fast that this body can, can uh, process data or information. Now, back to Psalm 139. I'm going to read 13 through uh, 16. For thou didst form uh, my inward parts, thou didst weave me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wow, we, what we just talked about? Fearfully and wonderfully made? Some of the things that we're capable of? Wonderful are thy works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from thee when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Thine eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in thy book they were all written, the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. Did you know that there were days already ordained for you? Did you know that each of us has a specified number of days to be on this earth? Did you ever wonder why you weren't born a hundred years before? Why are you here? 
why you're here in Westfield. It's not an accident. This is who we serve. There is a reason and there is a purpose. He is so much bigger than what we often allow ourselves to think of him. How precious also are thy thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Oh, that thou wouldst slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, men of bloodshed, for they speak against thee wickedly, wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate thee, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against thee? I hate them with the utmost hatred. They have become my enemies. Here again we see the fellowship or the relationship, the nearness of this one who's created this universe, this one who's created this magnificent vessel that we all occupy. God's not too busy to want to hear your problems, to want to deal with your problems. But he's not a genie. He's not a cosmic Santa Claus. When our will lines up with his will, he is eager and ready to bless and provide. And I know part of the problem that we can fall into or the traps. And by the way, there are traps set out for us all over the place. Traps that want us to get to maybe doubt. Traps that maybe want us to get to eh, be a little less than enthusiastic than maybe we could or should. Or there, there are innumerable traps around that want to distract us from the glory of God. So, is it possible, is it even humanly possible to completely see God just as he is? Trick question, trick answer. Yes, no. Hmm. Both are appropriate. Both work. You can know God, and God will reveal himself to you in his, his uh, uh, you know, in the, the different stages of your life or the different circumstances. But he's not going to exhaustively reveal himself to you until we get to heaven. And it's at that point when we see clearly, and every day we're going to be worshiping, and every day we're going to be praising, and every day we're going to be in intimate fellowship. But right now, you can know with 100% accuracy, or I should say what you do know about God, and say it's 100% accurate, and it is. But that's not all that there is. There is so much more. Let's not make our box bigger. Let's blow it off and let's be aware and let's be energized that this little baby that we're going to be celebrating the birth here in another week it's so much more it's so much more than those redwoods and sequoias it's so much more than the best that we can think of so what do I have to do to see God as he really is Seek him. 
Seek him, and you will find him. He will reveal himself to you. Through God's word, through prayer, let's make God a priority, not a secondary or a tertiary thing. So, I'm going to close. And as we maybe reconsider how we think about God, or at least how we have thought about God, remember Psalms 139. Whenever you're having a bad day, just put your name in there for a pronoun. Any place that pronoun is. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. And finally, you know what, and I am closing. Verse 23 and 24, this same psalm. David, finally, as he gets, uh, he has an aha moment. He said, okay, God, uh, I wasn't really thinking accurately of you before, and I know I can't possibly do it right yet. So he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. He just got done saying, David just got done saying, God, I already know, you you know all this stuff. He's omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. So he's asking God to search him and to know his heart, but it's not because, hey God, look in my heart because there's something that you don't know. He is asking, see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. What David wants, what I want, and what you want is to have those anxious thoughts brought to the front, exposed and revealed, brought into the daylight, so that that so that you and I can cast them off to give them to God. Because they're there. David knows it. God knows it. Just sometimes we we know it, but a lot of times we forget it. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you again for your people, for this day, for this time, for this place, for knowing that you have fearfully and wonderfully created us in a way that we can't fully understand. Help us to have a fresh attitude of your otherness of just how much more you are than the best that we can think of. And help energize us, Lord, that we would be your willing and obedient servants, eager to serve the cause of Christ. Bless us as we depart, and may your name be forever glorified. Amen. And we'll sing.